It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek podcast prior to the visit of the Stormers to the sports ground on what looks like it might be a pretty stormy Saturday once again, but we'll talk about that in a little while. On the Zoom call today, I've got Danny Deegan. How's it going? And we've got the sports editor from the Galway Advertiser, Lindy McKenzie. Afternoon all. Okay, folks, before we, we talk to Danny and Lindley, let's hear some of the highlights of the press conference today where Tom Daly and Andy Friend are talking to William. Saturday now is a different challenge. You haven't, you haven't played the Stormers. Uh, it's a different challenge for them. They haven't seen the sports ground when the wind's blowing, which I think it will be. Uh, what are you expecting from them? They've been going reasonably well. It, it's hard to judge. You, d- you don't know what's in front of you. Does that excite players or does that make you a bit sort of nervous? No, yeah, it definitely excites you. It's um, a completely different challenge, as you said. Like We're watching their footage and they're playing on rock hard pitches and they're playing this lovely brand of rugby, which, like as you said there, it might not be that similar weather here on Saturday evening, but I think you can expect from all South African teams, they're going to have a massive pack with big ball carriers and really big back row who are good over the ball. That's what we've seen this morning. And then just some really good individuals in the backs. I know... Um, one of their wingers, Sanatla, he's a former sevens player. I played against them at under-20s and I remember he was electric back then and he's the same now. And their whole back three just looks very dangerous. Very similar to the Bulls team we played earlier in the year. That kind of big, heavy pack and then really good individuals in the back. So it's just about probably fronting up physically and, and, and meeting them head on like we did with the Bulls earlier on in the year and then trying to keep their outside backs quiet by, by taming their forwards a bit. Good win Saturday night. Um, what are you expecting this Saturday now? Team you've never played before, they've never seen the sports ground before, so a few unknowns. Yeah, a lot of unknowns. We've we've had a, a good look as we do uh, at their previous games. They're a very big physical side, as most South African teams are. Um, so yeah, very very strong forward pack. Uh, a lot of brilliant individuals in the back line. A lot of sevens players in that back line. Um, the likes of Ruan Nell and Davids and uh, Sanatla and those sort of boys. So they're, they're uh, yeah, we, we're going to have to be in our game. You can't give them a lot of a lot of open space because they'll hurt you. So um, yeah, expecting a very physical encounter as we do, and and a team that uh, can definitely score points if you let them. Do you think they have a game plan to grind it out uh, if the conditions are difficult, or are they a side that can only go one way, which is to be very open? Yeah, I reckon that's the great challenge for the South African sides, isn't it? Like they've they've come into this the, the URC competition and and the conditions we play in, especially here at the sports ground in February, is very different to what they're used to. Um, you know, for for them down on the on the Western Cape. So, uh, I reckon that's a great question, and probably more will be revealed at three o'clock on on Saturday afternoon, depending upon what sort of weather we give them. Okay, I think they're still buoyed by that excellent victory at the weekend, and Lee. It was um, it was great to get the win, especially in the circumstances. Like they, they, you know, they had a big lead yet again with twenty minutes to go, and it looked as though they were might lose it, especially when that ludicrous red card came came about. But they they stuck it out, and it could be a huge boost to them for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, I think it's important to note that it actually was the first away win this season. I also yep. think it's important to note that it was the first, wasn't it the first one over the Scarlets in Parky Scarlet since they moved from Strady Park. And I think, is it something like 11 years? That's yep. 11 years since they actually beat the Scarlets at home. So I think and for those two reasons, it was it was a huge, 
it was a huge moment in not just their season, but in, the, in their history, actually. You know, it's something that's now off their backs. And every time they went over to the Scarlets, this, this, the, every year it got bigger and bigger and bigger because they'd never won over there. So I think that's a real monkey off their back, so to speak. So absolutely, I think, and for those very those reasons, it was excellent. Also, it was excellent in the sense that, you know, with eight matches remaining they needed to start picking up wins so that's another one that they can tick off their list you know that's that's the way I see it absolutely and Danny it brings them it brings them back into being giving them a chance to qualify for the Champions Cup again now because I think we certainly written them off because we haven't won over there and a lot of people had had written this off as a a loss now they're they're not that far behind I suppose the Ospreys are the next team they have to try and catch and pass out yeah, only a couple of points behind the Ospreys. Um, I know there's there's quite a few games that are in that teams have in hand, but you know, um, as we as we learned at the weekend, you know, there's there's no such thing as a guaranteed win. So um, it'll be very interesting. Like we definitely still don't have um, our fate in our own hands, but it's certainly pushing us in the right directions. It certainly is. And and this weekend, you know, we're going to be. Coming, we're going to lose Jack Carty yet again, and Dave Heffernan, who had one of his better games at the weekend in Lee. Like, you know, how it, it really does look like he Jack has become the Johnny Sexton, really, if you look at it from an Ireland perspective of this team, and that he needs to be on the field for, for Connacht to perform. Well, he's not just the only one because I think we're going to have five players possibly missing from, from the starting 15th when you take into you take Bandiaki. Finley Bellum and Mac Hansen, who are regulars on, have been regulars on the Six Nations team this this year. But then you add in Dave Heffernan and Jack Carty. And so other teams can absorb those absences. Connacht is not a team that can absorb five key players, you know, in their squad. And I think that's the biggest difficulty for Connacht coming up to this weekend. As I said, they're, I mean, they're a huge loss. I think it's, it's wonderful to see Jack Hardy back into that environment. I and mean, everyone says he is well, is well deserving of being there. Um, whether he gets another opportunity, we don't know, or whether he's just that extra man on the pitch like him himself and Dave Heffernan were, I think, for the first match. You know, they were both there within the squad, but they didn't get a look in. But I suppose the fact is that he's that the two players, two players are up there, and it's important, I think, for everyone. For, for, for It's important for Connacht. It's important for, for Jack and, and Dave's, you know, development and their recognition that they are close or thereabouts. It's just a pity, I think, that um, Jack came on for all of about a few less than a minute or something and uh, was thrust on there. I understand from because of injury rather than it was, it was, it wasn't a deliberate ploy, I think to put him on at, no, at that think, particular yeah. time, but yeah. it was, it was a bit, it was a bit unfortunate, but at the end of the day, you know, he can put another tick by another, another international cap starting for Ireland. But I think, you know, it would be great for him to get an opportunity. Um, but I guess it all just depends on injuries at this stage. It certainly does. We'll talk about the Six Nations in a little while. We just want to just finish off on on that great win in the Scarlets, Danny. For me, one of the big things that came out of it was was Leva Fafita red card aside, which should never be in a red card ever. Um, the more you look at it, the more ludicrous that becomes. Um, he would have he was having a great game, or he had a great game, and the other player who really stepped up. And I know everyone thinks we signed him as a loose head, but he did play a tight head an awful lot of the time for Manawatu um, last season was Titi Tuamaga, who absolutely rock solid in the scrum. I think the only scrum I saw I saw under any sort of pressure was the last scrum of the first half when he was obviously a bit knackered and we still managed to score a try off it. <laughs> yeah, both both of those guys really stepped up for us that time. Um, 
you know, I, I had my doubts over uh, Leva Fafita after that uh, Glasgow game because he really just didn't seem interested. Um, but definitely stepped up big time at the weekend. Um, like he got he got through 15 tackles, you know, like he he got through a serious amount of work. Um, and TT to Manga, like his his carry and he just gave us gave us that little bit of a punch. Um, just just one one thing I I kind of noticed is that how bad the weather was over there. Uh, on on the TV, it didn't actually look that bad, but then when they did eventually kind of flip up to the yeah. floodlights, you could see that like there was wind and rain, but you just couldn't see it. So you need those guys to really get stuck into the trenches and just make some hard yards and hard carries. And they definitely did that for us. Okay, thanks, Danny. And so for the, the of course, the, the biggest thing about the, the Scarlet's match from a McConnell point of view, apart from the win and John Porch's 13 try in 50 matches, was that Kieran Marmion got to 200 caps. Like that's that's an incredible achievement, isn't it? Well, it it is. It's. I think what was quite special about it as well is that it was actually in Wales where he grew up, and I know it was a great opportunity for his mum and obviously Liam, his brother, to to be over there to to witness it as well. Look, Kieran has been a huge servant, you know, for Connacht from from a young age. And it's just a pity he was playing with Connacht in some ways at the weekend rather than not for Ireland, because I do think he is still a player with a hell of a lot to give. I think that pretty much showed in Clinethley as well, you know, um, because his, you know, his speed, his speed at the rack ball, I think he, he even stopped a try. Uh, one of the one of the forwards, I think, was got over the line and he, and he held that up and he stopped a try. You know, he's he's. He's a player with so much still to give, but I think he's probably got to the stage where maybe he is just enjoying himself more. He's maybe got that monkey off his back. That whether he is, is he going to play for Ireland? Is he not going to play for Ireland? He's probably accepted since that disastrous decision in the World Cup not to take him to the World Cup when he was so shocked at being usurped, you know, by Luke McGrath. Nothing against Luke McGrath, but he was always, you know, sort of like the number two in the team. And I think that was such that was a real mental blow to him that it's taken a long time to probably from which to probably recover, but he's got over that and he's shown his strength and he's very much at home in Connacht and he still has a, a huge role to play in Connacht. And it was great to see him and well-deserved only one of five to reach 200 caps. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another celebration at the weekend for um, a great friend of the podcast was, was um, James Crombie won the, uh, photographer of the year press photographer of the year for some some amazing photographs that james puts out there and um some some great stuff he really is he really is uh, an amazing photographer and if, if you just want to you know go and look go and go and look up info at info james on twitter and just look at some of the work that this man does and it's not just sports it's it's all over the place it's he's an incredible talent isn't he Lindley? Well, he actually won, I think, the award, wasn't it, for his murmuration? That yes. was what that was the, the the main picture of the year. Um, he's just he just has amazing. Re- he's obviously got a great eye, obviously, like most photographers. But he's just a very relaxed sort of person as well, and he's he's very he's a very giving sort of person. I think that is reflected actually in his work that he has a lot to give as a person, and I think it's reflected in the pictures, the photographs that he takes. I mean, he's he's. He's well established as, as the Connor photographer, so to speak, because he's always at he's always at Connor matches and he travels away as well, covering rugby all over the place. But I think it's just the fact that he has a really good attitude. He obviously loves his work. He has a great attitude. He works really a huge, huge number of long hours. And of course, you know, he's got a wife and four beautiful girls at home who he has, you know, so he misses out on them, misses, misses out 
with them quite a lot as a result of his work. But I think it's a well-deserved reward for two years in a row now, having won that award. Yeah, absolutely. Well done, James. Good work on that. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Six Nations, which is back this weekend. And it's it's always terrible. And I suppose that's one of the major impacts it's having on our game is that Connacht are going to be kicking off at one o'clock in the afternoon because we're going to have uh, Six Nations in the afternoon and then Ireland playing on Sunday. Um, we're not expecting any sort of upset this weekend, are we, Danny? From a, from an Irish point of view, obviously. From an Irish point of view, no, you wouldn't. Um, just looking at it, like we ourselves in France seem to be the two informed teams. Uh, I know with Scotland losing to Wales, it was a bit of a, a back and forth match. But um, the Italians, while they are improving, and you can see see that with their twenties coming through, and they're they're starting to play a bit more rugby. I think it'll be more. It, it won't be a case of, you know, last 20 minutes and then we can start swatting Italy aside. I think it'd be more of a test than people think. Like that that first match uh, against the French, they did show that they can play. Yes, they, they still have issues, but they're definitely getting better. Um, but I would say an Ireland win is expected at the weekend. Yeah, I don't think there's not much else to say about that one. Really, but the, I suppose the big game of the weekend really will be focusing on on France. Uh, their visit to Murrayfield, somewhere where it seems to be a bit of a graveyard for French teams. Um, and looking at the the weather forecast for for Saturday, uh, it's looking as though it's going to be pretty windy, pretty cold, and some 40-50% chance of rain. So it's not going to be somewhere where they'll enjoy playing rugby, but it should be a cracking match. Well, it's always a, a great match between two Gallic foes, so to speak, you know. Um, Scotland are always sort of the most sort of, I wouldn't say fickle, but we, we just, um, we, we don't sometimes know how they perform. Sometimes they can actually produce the goods and sometimes they can't. And in and, and that way, maybe that is that Gallic influence because France can be exactly the same, you know. Yeah, and when you look at the Ireland-Italy game as well, look, we, we talk about, you know, Dave Heffern and, and Jack Carty being up there with the squad not being available. You know, it's, this is the perfect opportunity to utilize those players. I mean, we are playing Italy. They're not expected to win. If we can't put Joey Carberry and Jack Carty out there on the pitch, then when is a better time? I don't think there's any better time. So I'd be very interested to see that the team that is selected to, to play Italy, because those players really have to start stepping up and taking over from those experienced players, because we just can't rely on Johnny Saxton. And I think that's pretty pretty obvious this season that we can't so now is the perfect time to do it I agree I agree especially with a trip to New Zealand in the summer coming up so guys will definitely need a bit more experience and then of course the the, the other Six Nations game is, is always a bit of a fiery occasion when um, England take on Wales and the return of Mana, Mana, Manu to Alagi which, um, which will obviously have an impact on Ireland because Ireland will be taking on England after that, and I don't believe I might be wrong, but I don't believe Ireland have ever beaten England when two laggies on the field. I'll have to get Danny to check that one up for me at some point. Right, let's move on. Let's move on to the game that we're interested most at the weekend, which happens to be Connacht playing against the Stormers. And before we hear the, the thoughts of Danny and Lindley, um, let's hear what the Stormers defence coach Norman uh, Norman Laker had to say, as well as their number eight. Akjiva Diamani, I hope I said that right, had to say about travelling to Ireland and the, the, the challenge that Connacht are going to pose. I think that uh, what they got right in Connacht <clears throat> the past few seasons is amazing. I do respect 
than for the type of rugby they play. I mean, everyone talks about the weather, how bad it is over there, but they still play a very nice attacking brand of rugby. And and I think what Andy Friend has, has produced with the guys that he has is, is amazing. I have a lot of respect for them, and uh, I'm looking forward to the game. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like it's going to be a different game for us. You know, we we actually prepared for that, and that's that's our mindset for the week. You know, to expect anything. Um, it's going to rain. It's going to be not going to be pleasant. You know, it's going to be like we're in the trenches, but some of us are off in the trenches. So sure. we are going to adapt to the conditions, and that's our mindset for the week. So based on what I've seen, I've, I've never played against Connect, but what I've seen, um, they actually there's certain aspects where um, they 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 actually good at. And especially when they play at home, they, they're very confident. And there's also certain aspects where we feel like we can maybe target and, and try to get something out of. So it's obviously without showing our cards, um, we have a plan and they also have a plan against us. So it just comes down to execute the plan better. Okay, that's some, that's some very interesting stuff from Mr. De Amani um, when he talks about the fact that they're expecting the weather, which is looking pretty awful for the weekend, but maybe it mightn't be as bad as, as forecast with a bit of luck. But it's certainly not going to be the warmth and sunshine that they've been playing in down in South Africa. But they talk about going into the trenches, but they have a few players that are used to being in the trenches. And this team are the best team in South Africa at the moment, according to the table. Um. They came up to the Northern Hemisphere in October and they lost two, drew one and won one. And that happened in, they lost the first two, then drew in Edinburgh and then beat a Dragons team who had just beaten Connacht and were on a bit of a high. So um, they're also the best defensive team from South Africa. So it could be a, a real tough game, Lindley. Yeah, I think Andy Friend is preparing for a really, a really tough battle. Um we know the South African teams coming up here aren't probably going to appreciate the weather. They play mostly rugby in good weather. I think Andy Friend said he was looking at the weather there recently and they were playing rugby in sunshine, you know. So whatever weather, you know, Galway turns on for South African, I think Connacht always have that slight advantage, that they have the advantage of knowing it's, this is their home ground. And, I, you know, it'd be interesting, you know, I don't know how many points it's worth, but it's definitely worth it's definitely worth some points. I think what it is going to come down to, and it is that balance between, you know, physicality and mental fortitude. And I think that this is going to be a, a real test um, of, of that, particularly up front. If we're missing a few key players, um, certainly phys- physically wise, Connacht are really going to have to dig deep. And I think that's, that is a real test of, of mental strength as well, to be able to do that and to not give up. But I think all the signs that we don't, we don't know what team the Stormers are going to bring, but obviously, look, we know where they're sitting. They're sitting eighth on the table. So they're only one place below Connacht, but also they also have two games in hand. What was, I think some, Andy was talking about last week that they needed six from eight. And I think he turned around I think it was when um, Jared Butler, he said, came off the pitch and he congratulated him. And I think Jared Butler turned around and said, well, now it's just five from seven. And I think that sums it up. I think that's the attitude. You know, they have to go out there. They know they need to win. They can't afford not to win. It's going to be a really, really exciting match, I think. And I hope that the weather plays its part. So do I. So do I. Danny, who who are we to look out for? Who, you know, who should we be looking at? You know, they have a number of spring box. What, you know, give us some, give us some details and... Um, who people should be looking out for in this Stormers team? Well, they're, they're, um, they've got two in the front row of uh, Stephen uh, Kitchoff and Dimeni. Dimeni might not be in the current squad, but he, he has a few caps. Um, you've got 
Marvin Ori uh, playing f- in the second row, uh, Damien Willemse uh, in the centre, uh, Warwick Gallant at fullback, again, you know, has a couple of caps, and um, Herschel Yanchis, who was on the bench last week. You know, like they, they've got a lot of experience. Like a lot of these guys are World Cup winners. They, they, they can really hurt teams, so our guys are going to have to be on the top of their game. The other side of it, though, is that, you know, uh, looking at, we, because we obviously haven't played the Stormers before, um, I just went and looked back at, we've had six games at home against other South African teams, and we've won them all, scoring an average of 27 points to an average of 14 conceded. So we don't mind playing these guys. Absolutely, and you know, I, I had a quick look to see what their their out half is is Manny Libok, and he's only got a sixty seven percent or sixty eight percent kicking success rate this season. <laughs> I'm not sure how well he's going to go in the Windy Sports Ground. All right, so what are we talking about the weekend? Are we looking at a, a conic win then, Lily? Yes, we have to. It's going to be extremely close. I think, okay. I think, I think, you know, Andy Friend has alluded to the fact that, yes, physically up front, but they've also got really good stars. A whole lot of sevens players, apparently. So I think that's going to be very tricky defense, defensively for Connacht as well. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say that this is their first time over here. And, not and to- before, you, before you continue, they're only arriving on Wednesday because it's oh. only one game. So they're only coming on Wednesday they're, and they're flying, I think it's Cape Town to Joburg, Joburg to Heathrow, Heathrow to Shannon. And they're only doing that on Wednesday, like only two, three days later, they're playing a match. So that, that's going to take a lot out of you. That's a lot of travel. I know it's, you know, there's no major time zones, a couple of hours, but that's a hell of a lot of travel and to be playing within a couple of days. But it's also, it will also be, and I have to say, it's not going to be any tricky for Connacht. Let's face it, if you're missing five Connacht key players, you know, it's, this is going to be a big ask for the likes of young Fitzgerald. Mm. To, to play that now obviously we know Tom Daly is back so obviously Tom I think will be taking quite a bit of load off at number 12 I want one would expect him you know to do so but it is a big ask you know for people turn around and say oh Connacht only have a few you know they're only missing a few internationals but the the the, the thing about Connacht is that those five internationals are actually key to Connacht's success and so it is a huge big ask but at the same time it's a really I think it's a really good opportunity at this stage of this stage of the competition for Connacht to actually really, really step up and say, this is who we are and this is who we can be. And this is who we are going to be. And I think it's a really good, I think it's a huge mental challenge as much as a physical one for them. Okay. All right. And Danny, you'll, you'll be doing the stats for me and the main part of the stats with different sizes. Cause we, all we ever hear about is how huge these South African guys are. I had a quick glance at it. They don't look quite as big as, we would normally hear from South African sides, but your thoughts who kind of going to win or is it just that they need to win so they will win? I definitely think it's more the second bit. Um, you know me, I like I love my stats and I love to kind of go with trends and stuff like that. I do think it's, it'll be a kind of win. Um, I, I would agree with Lily. I do think it's going to be closer than, say, past, past games against uh, South African sides, but I believe that's more down to the weather that we'd be playing in like some of those games were actually played in february or winter um in november and stuff but from your helpful uh little weather notes they all seem to be at least in a bit of decent weather you know but it'll be interesting to see how um the storm is dealing with the hill so in the sports ground (laughs) as well as the wind and the rain yeah 
nice reference back to Jake White when the Bulls arrived up talking about the famous hill that, yes, the sports ground is on top of the hill, but the pitch is flat or relatively far, very, very flat. It certainly isn't a slope on it the way um, no, it's flat. It's Jake White was it's, talking about it. It's a great pitch. It is a great pitch. It's, it it's, great it's pitch. just a great pitch. It's flat and another chance to shout out to the groundskeepers in Connacht. They do a fantastic job. Keep that pitch in great nick. be interesting to see what it'll be like next year when um, they finally decide to uh, rip it up and put in a 4G. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen at the, the day after the Zebra game. They're going to be ripping her up and putting down the plastic pitch. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Okay, thanks, Enley. Thanks, Danny. And as usual, here's William. We'll start with the results in the United Rugby Championship on Friday the 18th of February. Munster 34, Edward 20. Cardiff versus Zebra was postponed due to weather issues in Wales. On Saturday the 19th of February, Leinster 29, Osprey 7. Glasgow 13, Benetton 3. Scarlets 23, Connacht 29. And on Sunday, the 20th of February, it finished Dragons nil, Ulster 12. Now, let's look ahead to fixtures this coming weekend and in the United Rugby Championship. The South African teams are back in action. They're all up here in the Northern Hemisphere to play games. On Friday, the 25th of February, Zebra versus the Bulls with a 5.30pm kickoff time. That's Irish time. And at 7.35pm, Leinster versus the Lions. On Saturday, the 26th of February, at 1pm, it's Connacht versus the Stormers. And at 3.05pm, it's Benetton versus the Sharks. Now, Six Nations rugby is back in action this weekend as well. And we look first at the under-20 fixtures. All three games are on Friday evening, February the 25th. At 7pm, England versus Wales. At 8pm, two games, Ireland versus Italy and Scotland versus France. On Saturday, the 26th of February, in the Men's Six Nations, at 2.15pm, Scotland versus France. And at 4.45pm, England versus Wales. And Sunday, the 27th of February, at 3pm, Ireland versus Italy. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side 